Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. world is once again in an empire state of mind. The best in the world won't be satisfied with anything other than conquering the concrete jungle. The most amazing thing to me about Novak is as great as he is, he doesn't back down from any challenges. He thrives on that. New York, known for its bagels, so is Ega. This is this is just a match made in heaven. There's you know a few players at the top now that we're looking at favorites. It's not just Deontay, and I think that's a good thing. The summer of Coco has been heating up. Is the time now for golf's first major title? Someone talk me off this. I think Coco time. So many American flags out there. The most important thing is the mental disposition for all the players, in particular for Taylor at this his national event. You know, when Fo goes to work, people enjoy it. The tennis calendar rolls on and totally. It's going to be a great two weeks. TC Live at the U.S. Open, the skyline of New York City is unmistakable. Buildings rise from the earth shoulder to shoulder, each one trying to fight for your attention. Much like the field at the U.S. Open, the view is constantly evolving. New marvels are being built while old legends get refurbished. So who will stand out from the crowd? Arthur Ashe Stadium, a great observation deck. Today's sights range from teams to titans. Coco Goff starting off against 16-year-old Mira Andrieva, followed by 23-time major champ Novak Djokovic. The night session featuring Francis Tiafo, a man who can match the electricity of this city. And a couple major champs finish the day with Petra Kvitova and Caroline Wozniacki. Players coming on site, getting ready to go. There is Stefano Tsitsipas trying to reach the third round for the third time. That's his best result thus far in New York City. And how about Coco Goff, highest-ranked teenager in the world? Checking out how many views her latest TikTok has. She's going to face the youngest teen in the top 200, Mira Andrieva. As we bring you into our studios, Paul Anacone, big on the TikTok as well. Great to have you here with us. Sandy TikTok. The TikToks, the TikToks. John Wertheim, Chandra Rubin, Steve Weissman, that is Paul Anacone. And we are going to get you set for big second-round matches today. Uh, Paul, what was your thought on day two? I just thought there was wall-to-wall excitement, lots of different things going on, a little bit of an anticlimactic evening, which mm. was tough. Felt bad that Venus wasn't at her best. We saw her play some great tennis just a couple weeks ago. And then whenever you get a chance to play a great player like Alcaraz, when you have an injury early on, that is a heartbreaker. Yeah. And uh, that was a tough one for Kepler. 
Yeah, I think things were tough on stadium court yesterday. Fans may not have felt like they got their money's worth because there were some one-sided matches. But if you were on the court where Dimitrov got through, saved the match points, Grigor Dimitrov came back from two sets to love down for the first time in his career to win in five sets, that was the match of the day. That was a great one. You just talked about the teenagers that we're going to be watching today. Yesterday, pretty good day all around for players in their late 30s, men especially. Uh, Stan Bobrinka, Andy Murray, Gael Monfils, we'll be getting to those. But I think we talk about the diversity in this sport, and we talk about race diversity, biodiversity. We talking enough about ages now? You used to be 30 is the new 20. Now it's like teenagers is the new 20, but also 30. And the <laughs> fact that you can have a 20-year career now in this sport, I think, is a big plot point that maybe we don't talk about enough. Absolutely. And, and how about players that are coming back? New moms yeah. like Caroline Wozniak. we got a great match coming up today, Chanda. Here we go. Between two major champs. First match of the tournament between major champs, Petra Kvitova, Caroline Wozniacki. There won't be any more until at least the fourth round. What do, you, what do you think about this one? I'm looking forward to this one. This is obviously a matchup that goes way back, but the last time they played was about five years ago or so, and, and uh, it was Wozniacki who was able to win that matchup. Very familiar players. The question is, where will Wozniacki be in this comeback? This is just her third tournament back. Kvitova has been in some nice form this year, and it can be tough if you're not quite ready for that pace and that speed. But I give Wozniacki a good shot, and, and I'm looking forward to a good match. Totally. 12 years ago, they were 1-2. and two. So talk about longevity. Yeah. Uh, these are the top two players in the world more than a decade ago. Yeah, for 13 weeks. It, it was those two, and now they're playing second round at the U.S. Open. August 30th, it is a big day for birthdays in the tennis world. Happy 100th birthday to Hall of Famer, 1954 U.S. Open champ, Vic Sacious, John, the, the oldest living Grand Slam singles champ in the world. That's fantastic. Former North Carolina Tar Heel, I believe. Uh, this guy was hitting balls in New York City not that long ago with a nine uh, starting his age. So happy birthday, Vic uh, Sacious. Many more. Been alive for 17 U.S. presidents. Calvin Coolidge <laughs> all the way to Joe Biden. And on this day, the birth of our own. Andy Roddick, happy 41st to the Hall of Famer, 2003 U.S. Open champ. Paul. I just cannot believe that he's 41 years of age. I remember just a, a short while ago watching him hit Pete Sampras in the chest with a body serve in Miami <laughs> as he was starting to become Andy Roddick. And I said, this guy's got a pretty good serve. If you can't get out of the way of it and at least deflect it, to be able to hit Pete in the chest with a body serve. And, of course, as a coach, I said, that's why you got to use the body serve. you got to tie up players. Happy birthday, Andy. Hope you have a great one with the family. Go, go to the body. Uh, do yourself a favor. Spend 15 minutes. Go to GQ.com and read the profile. Article. Right? Am I right? Great article. Great read. Good for Andy for that kind of candor and access, and good for the writer for, for delivering. Sean Manning doing a great job great with that profile. Love it. And Andy, 41 years young. He's still a baby. No, he's that young, but it's been fun to see him transition to, you know, giving his opinions on, t obviously, on Tennis Channel, and we just love working with him. We do. So, you know, anytime, come back to the studio. Good man. Hope you are sipping on some Sweetens Cove, <laughs> hanging out with the family, and celebrating yourself, Andy. You deserve it. Happy, happy birthday. Lots of love from your TC family. Well, Vic Sacious, he turns 100 today. Venus Williams played her 100th match at the U.S. Open yesterday. We will hear from Queen V. Plus, top seed on the men's side, Carlos Alcaraz, beginning his quest to repeat as champion with no sleeves and a, a short night. Plus, mo' money, no problems from Michael Moe. 
how the Americans scored a big upset. And we continue to honor the WTA's 50th anniversary with a look at how it became a global success. We're just getting going here on TC Live. TC Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Point, the official racket sports retailer of the ATP Tour. John Paul and Steve back on TC Live leading up to first ball on day three in New York City at the U.S. Open. Engine engine number nine on the New York Transit line. Jesse Pagula looking to pick up her ninth win over Camilla Georgie, John, and get her U.S. Open quest on the right track. Yeah, we thought this one might be close. It was not close. Uh, Jesse Pagula played like the third seed that she is. You'll see it from the highlights. Also, look at the stack at 90% of the first serve points won. More than half of her return points won. A lot of errors for Georgie, as is the case. A lot of steady tennis for Jesse. Look at the touch here. Uh, that's a nice knockoff volley. But uh, she did not necessarily have to be at her best yesterday, the way Georgie was spraying balls. But Jesse was at her best. She has to be really pleased about that. Barely an hour's worth of work. Very straightforward. 6-2, 6, -2, 6 -2. On she goes. Joining Venus and Serena Williams is the third American woman since 2010 with at least 59 hardcourt wins over two seasons. And speaking of Venus, Queen V headlining the night session inside Arthur Ashe Stadium facing qualifier Breit Minnan. She had a 24th appearance for V at the U.S. Open. And Venus won her first 21 first-round matches. Uh, this one, she would go down again. Minnan played some excellent tennis. She was moving the ball, doing just what she needed to do against Venus, who didn't quite have the movement. The drop shot was working, couldn't get out onto the edges of the court and recover quickly enough. And in the end, it was, you know, a player who's in a rhythm, qualifier coming through, able to get the biggest win of her career. At 14 more winners in the match, saved all six break points. Let's go inside the press room with Venus Williams after. For me, I haven't played a lot of matches this year. So um, I, I did, like, I've you know, the times that I could play, I gave it my all. You know, I got a handful of matches, and it wasn't the year I was expecting, but I gave it everything I had. What would be the decisive factor in, in when you choose what you do next? And what would well, I wouldn't be? tell you, so <laughs> I don't know why you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> we love an honest me. She said it with a smile. It kind of blunted the pain of it. <laughs> not, not telling you, so not sure why you're asking. The answer is anyway. Right. Because you don't, oh, know, you don't really probably, know. Yeah. Exactly. Does she, did she right? know at that moment? I don't, yeah. I don't know. We, I mean, this, this was not a great performance by Venus objectively last night. She beat a top 15 player two weeks ago. So, you know, she doesn't know. This is what happens. Consistency is the first thing to go as you... Uh, as you age. Um, well, and movement too, John. Yeah, and that right. was, for me, the big right. difference. Even the win against Kudermatova, um, where you could see Venus, you know, able to move, able to, to get out of the corners and, and kind of recover, uh, reset. She couldn't do that last night against Menon, uh, who played just the perfect type of match that she needed to play. So things kind of coming together, unfortunately, for Venus in that moment, and she just couldn't make much of a stand. But that would be the question for me physically. Was she as close to 100%? Was that an issue? Uh, she did pull out of Cleveland the week before mm. because of uh, for physical issues. So I was, I was concerned about that aspect of it. It was disappointing. 
Yeah, we see the up and down at the end of the career in terms of the ability to stay at a real high level, physically in particular. And, and you talk about last week not being able to play. So cle clearly there wasn't something going just right for Venus. But, John, you said it just a couple weeks ago. She played some pretty darn good tennis. So it's not like the level is never there. It just goes up and down a little bit now. If you didn't see the outfit that she came onto site with last night, go online and check it out. I mean... You won't see anything better the entire you tournament. Didn't, that's exactly what I wore into work today. One thing <laughs> it made you change. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Moving I on. Like this better. <laughs> I like this look better on you. Hey, uh, <laughs> Carlos kicked off the title defense. Oh, this was a tough one, you guys, last night. This is what happened after Venus as Carlos went on that first First game, six points in. Watch the ankle right there, the Ooh. left ankle. That is a tough one for Pepper. Goes over on it, and it looked pretty benign when you watched the point, but then you saw it in slow motion, and you could see he just struggled, just couldn't get going, couldn't push off, talking to his box, talking to Coach Ryan Williams up in the box there. What do I do? How do I play a guy this good? And I can't move, and movement's one of his biggest assets. And for Alcaraz, it was just a little bit of a hit, hit around the corner, right? Just kind of got a little hit in, hit a few balls here and there. 6-2 first set, 3-1 the second. Really not much Kupfer could do, and he really decided at this point, you know what, guys, I just can't, I just can't do it. Really a heartbreaker for him. Did you hear that yeah, the entire guys, match? You guys, I just want you to know, you guys, you guys, I want you to know that, look at the comparison there. Does he have to pay any rights fees to, for any of the TV stuff? Because it's the, is that control room. Is that, yeah. Huska, do we get any fees from that? I mean, look at the contrast in the shirt. And, yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. We got the bars. back end. Okay. That's, that's, that's awesome. TV went off. Well it's done, over. Huska. Match is over. And. Yeah. His and, shirt showed it. And he and he was done. Uh, this is another one of those matches, you know, that didn't last too long, Chanda. Daniil Medvedev setting up his own was bakery inside was Arthur Ashe Stadium. Was Bellas hurt? You know, that, we, kind of, we tend to think that. Uh, he just couldn't quite move shots like that one where he couldn't get to. It was one of 40-plus winners for Medvedev over the course of the match. Just over an hour of tennis. And he just had his pick of places to go to all match long. And in the end, Yikes. pretty routine for Medvedev. He's a great hardcore player, but this match kind of looked like his opponent was a little pampered. Can I steal a line from you? Two breadsticks and a bagel? Yeah. That's a lot of carbs. That's, he, he was carving <laughs> up. He, you know, he's, he's ready to go. That's what we're having tonight at your house, right, Paul? <laughs> all, all the carbs, all the noodle. Elizabeth's going to cook a great meal. Uh, New York loving Andy Murray, 2012 champ in action against quarantine. Mute. And he was on the ropes in the second set. Mute served for this second set. Look at the little magic. First there were smiles from Mute, then there was anger and a, a lot of uh, jawing with the box, and boom goes the racket. And Andy says, Not yet, gang. I am still here. I am fighting. So fun to see Andy Murray when he gets locked in and does the nice thing with the balance which uh, Mute does not have. This was a little bit scary, but then I looked in slow motion, guys, and the ankle didn't really go over. I was more worried about his arm when he hit the elbow down on the floor. But he got up, and uh, it wasn't too long later that Andy took him down for the count and won in straight sets. Murray did a good job. It's fun to watch him with that balance of offense and defense when he plays it just right, and that's what he did. 200th major victory for Andy Murray.
Well, we come back with his wife and kids on court and a big farewell ceremony. See why John Isner is not ready to end his final dance. Back on TC Live, a reminder to download the U.S. Open app to follow your favorite players, track the latest scores, stats, match highlights, player news, and much more. It is available in the App Store and Google Play Store. Back to the highlights. A little rain there in Queens, by the way. Time for the Gems Life highlights. We start with Sky's mom. Former U.S. Open semifinalist, Lena Svitolina, needing less than an hour to finish her work on court, Chanda. Yeah, things were a bit tight at this point, but it was Svitolina up a break, and she started playing much more aggressively, coming in, hitting out on her shots from the ground. I mean, this is a step up in the Svitolina we saw before she became a mom, and it was working. It was paying off for her. Stepping in on that backhand, that is the money shot for Svitolina, such a solid part of her game. And when she's firing on all cylinders this way, combined with the movement and her ability to compete, it made for a fairly routine day at the office getting done in straight sets. Now back in the top 25 of the live rankings, just four months after coming off maternity leave. Meanwhile, Sky's Papa also working on Tuesday, also on court 17. Gallimau John needing a little more time on court against Taro Daniel. Yeah, look at Sky, Sky's nanny didn't have to go far. Uh, uh, with the first section, here come the his. Dropped the first set, did Montes, who liked his wife, was a former semifinalist at this event, and then really turned it on. I think he's got to be thrilled by the scoreline, by the stat line. He had 23 aces, 68 winners. But I think he also has to be happy with the rhythms of this match. He just got better and better. And for the second oldest player in the draw, he did great physically. We had some showboat shots. We had some fun rallies. A very, very solid win over a, a tough competitor in Taro Daniel. And for Gael Monfils, I don't know if he has seven matches in him, but he's got a few more. A very solid outing yesterday, guys. Successful day for mom and dad. Gems life shining. Monfils gets Andre Rublev in the next round. How about John Isner? He had all his kids around for his match against Facundo Diaz Acosta. But there is no retirement yet for the big man, Paul. Yeah, you see the big side just going onto the court, trying to probably catch his breath and remain focused. He just wanted to end just yet. And that's a, a good way to start off the match. Really did what he always does, takes care of his service games, gets the first set. Yes, guys, gets up a set and 3-0 without a tiebreak. Wow, that doesn't tie happen often, but he was playing some good power tennis with John Isner using the big forehand, and he gave the fans what they wanted in the third set, gang. He said, you know what, i got to throw in one tiebreak for this match. How about the two-handed pass? He was hitting the ball incredibly cleanly, looked very loose and relaxed, which is tough to do when uh, all this is on the line to finish it. Didn't face a break point, but almost broke down after the match with James Blake. This sport, as I said, without tennis, um, I wouldn't have met my wife. And um, I wouldn't have the uh, I wouldn't have the amazing family that I have. Four beautiful kids. Uh, the support I've had for the last 17 years on tour has been amazing and it's not goodbye yet so I'm still alive and you know I, uh, and you know I'm uh, I'm actually feeling pretty good so I want to try to keep this thing going 
as long as I possibly can, and I'm going to need you guys behind me every step of the way. Please, thank you. Right, the ceremony's out of the way, so now he can just, you know, go back to work, right? He's got Michael Moe next. He's still playing doubles with Jack Sock as well. What's it like knowing that every match could potentially be your last one? You know, I'm not sure. I mean, I didn't actually play in that kind of situation. My last match at the U.S. Open, I didn't know when I was playing it that it was going to be my last. So I think there's a certain uh, beauty in that, the fact that he's able to decide and go out on his own terms. But at the same time, you've got all this emotion that you come into every single match with, and certainly the first one where you want to get over the hurdle, you want to at least get your first match under your belt. Uh, Isner was able to do that. So I would imagine he can relax a little bit more, play the kind of tennis we've seen him play throughout his career, which is big man's tennis, big serving, attacking tennis. That's the type of tennis he'll need to play against Mo. But it's a great opportunity for him to keep progressing in the draw. Yeah, well, we talked about this a little bit with Venus. You know, a team sport, it's easy, right? It's my last year. Here's my last game. Here it is on the schedule with tennis. Individual sports, who knows? So on the one hand, you, you saw it in the background. Sam Query and the Bryans were there, and it was going to be a ceremony. On the other hand, he's thinking, wait a second. I'm up two sets to love. I'm serving pretty well. Why are we having this ceremony? I'm, I'm going to keep going here. So I think it just it just goes to this point. It's really hard to make these decisions for athletes, and I think we need to give them a lot of grace, both in terms of making that decision and then playing through it. Yeah, you have to give them a, a little bit of latitude in terms of figuring out how and when they're going to do it. And for a guy like John Isner, look, he's one of these players that he has such a huge weapon that no one wants to play him ever and, yep. and it's not going to be easy so now he has a terrific opportunity like you guys said he's gotten past that first match where everyone was there is this going to be it no it's not it now he gets to loosen up and play michael moe who's a great defender really good mover and counter puncher but it's a good matchup for john so it should be a fun one yeah looking forward to that and 11 more aces to that record extending total for John Isner in the match, and he'll, he'll add more against Michael Moe as well, for sure. Well, from the veterans to the youngsters, smells like teen spirit in New York City. Let's preview some matches going on today. we got Coco Goff taking on Mira Andreeva. This is a rematch from Roland Garros. That one went three sets, Chanda. And, and young Mira says, I, I want some revenge. How do you see this one going? You know, I think you know, it should be another good match. I think Coco, she used her maturity in, in that match at Roland Garros. Andreeva came out firing, using her full game, Goff able to reset and really settle into the match. I think this match now will be a little easier because they played um, at Roland Garros and there was so much buildup around it. I think the hard courts also favor Goff a little bit more. The slower clay gave Andreva some more opportunities to get into points and into rallies. She doesn't have a big weapon, and Goff does. Goff can take the racket out of the opponent's hand with her serve. She's hitting bigger from the ground. So I think that's going to be the way to go for her. But Andreva, if she can get Goff missing a little bit, if she can get her just a little unsettled, she's got a good shot in this match as well. So I'm looking forward to it. But I've liked how Goff has looked overall mentally. Coco's looked amazing. Also, remember at Roland Garros, Mira was like, I, I want to play on the big courts. Now she gets Arthur Ashe Stadium yeah. against the biggest court, the biggest court in, in the yeah. world. <laughs> that should be a good one to watch. A another rematch from the clay court season. Dominic Team beat Ben Sheldon in Estoril. What do you think happens on the hard courts? 
What do you think about that one? Uh, you know, a little lefty-righty, former champion. What do you think? I, I, look, I, I'm leaning towards Ben on the hard courts, guys. I mean, Ben's got a great opportunity for revenge here, right? He can use the lefty serve, try to swing team off the court. Remember, it's so great to see team win his first round match, right? But he hasn't won a lot of three out of five set matches. This is a different Dominic team right now. He's always dangerous. But to me, this is on Ben Shelton's racket. If he plays well, he wins this match. Trying to get some more bragging rights on his dad, Brian, as well, who <laughs> never made it past the second round in New York. Ben has the opportunity to do that at the U.S. Open. And then uh, Daria Saville, she's taken on Iga Sviantek, John. She said before the match, my goal is not to get double bageled. So set the expectation, uh, set the bar yeah, low, exactly. right? That's uh, one way to look at it. It's uh, got to be higher okay. than that. Yeah. Her goals. That's what she said. Under, <laughs> under promise, over deliver. Like um, interesting mentality before you go and face the defending champion, the, the Moscow-born Aussie. Uh, I just don't, she just doesn't have any weapons to hurt Iga with. Um, Iga can be vulnerable to certain kinds of, of players. She sure looked good in her first match, but... Um, yeah, it's hard to see. I, I think uh, give her give her some games. Darnia Savile will not get double big. <laughs> I said it here. That's how I um, Way to go out in the limb. That's I, awesome. I don't know if she's pushing the defending champion much, though. I just don't see how. She, she's had some upsets. She's had 13 top 10 wins. A lot of injury issues yeah. for Dasha, right? I mean, 62 matches over the last five years. This will be the 63rd match this year for Iga Sviantek. But looking forward to it. Well, we've got upset predictions later in the show, and this is what we have for you coming up every day. TC Live, the four of us, 9 a.m. Eastern, leading up to coverage on ESPN at noon Eastern, the night session at 7 Eastern, and more of the big show coming up after a quick break. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to TC Live. Taylor Fritz and Francis Tiafo leading Team World against Stefano Tsitsipas, Casper Ruud, and Team Europe in Vancouver, Canada for the 2023 Labor Cup. Don't miss Tennis Channel's exclusive live coverage of the three-day event. It begins Friday, September 22nd. Cannot wait for that. Well, we are leading up to first ball in New York City, and USOpen.org is your online home for point-by-point -point live scoring highlights, real-time stats, and draws. Visit the official tournament site at usopen.org today. Steve Weissman back in our studios. Former U.S. Open semifinalist and doubles champion Coco Vandeweghe was honored last night as she'll be retiring after the tournament. Vandeweghe got to nine in the world and helped lead Team USA to the Fed Cup title back in 2017. She's making one last run in doubles this year with Sophia Kennan, and we wish Coco all the best 
Don't miss your chance at $100,000. Play Tennis Channel's Racket Bracket and choose the match winners in Flushing Meadows. Win cash prizes, including $50,000 jackpots for picking a perfect men's or women's bracket. Scan this QR code on your screen or visit tennis.com slash play to enter. And hurry, the deadline is today at 11 a.m. Eastern. For a look at today's forecast in Queens, here's Fox Weather. I'm Fox Weather's Jane Minar, and here's today's U.S. Open forecast. Our pros can expect few morning showers, temps in the mid-80s, and high humidity. You can download Fox Weather or watch Fox Weather on your favorite connected TV device, like Samsung Plus TV, channel 1010. Always on, always free. Thanks, Jane. When we come back, Leslie Allen tells us how the WTA became a global phenomenon. It's a golden jubilee, and we're celebrating all year long. Ruben Anico and Worth Iman Weissman back on TC Live at the U.S. Open. It's cloudy. Jane Menard told you about it. Well, on Monday night, the U.S. Open held a beautiful ceremony to honor Billie Jean King on the 50th anniversary of the tournament, giving equal prize money to the men and women. Michelle Obama gave an awesome speech. Sarah Bareilles sang. And we continue paying tribute to that legacy with Chapter 8 of our year-long celebration of the WTA's Golden Jubilee. When the WTA Tour first started in the early 70s with the dream to be global, the vast majority of tournaments were played in North America and Europe. The Tour's top players were white, mostly Americans and Australians, along with a sprinkling of contenders from a few European countries. But beginning in the 80s, an increasing number of nations and continents and people of color began to hit the tennis radar screen in a big way. All the opportunities were in the United States, and we knew that. But our goals are always to be global. We always wanted to have this far reach. We have over 1,600 players from 85 different regions of the world, so the diversity is significant when you think about the 30-plus countries and the 50-plus events that we have each and every year on a global basis. It really, truly does get that reach and something that we're very proud of. Definitely, I'm privileged to, to be playing WTA and give women the chance to prove themselves and, and, and play tennis all over the world. And definitely, even more proud to help you know uh, the generation from my country to uh, to play this amazing sport. If you want to be a professional tennis player, you better be comfortable spending lots of time on airplanes. That's become even more the case in recent decades. Players will often compete in different continents over the course of a single month. No matter where WTA players go, though, they're certain to play in front of passionate fans who savor the chance to watch these athletes up close. Tennis is probably one of the biggest sports uh, for women uh, all around the world. And you met uh, some great fans, and uh, one is taking good care of me, sending me a good drawing and a uh, good uh, little piece of support at home. And uh, it's, it's really good uh, to have all this support all around the world. 
always said you kind of have to see it to be it. And what's amazing about women's tennis, it still is the leader globally in women's sports. And I think so many of the players are on a one-name basis. Billie Jean, Chrissy, Martina, Lena, Maria, Serena, Venus, Monica. So I think our sport has done an incredible job in getting the players known. And I think that's because of that day in 1973 where we all came together as one voice. It's kind of like now with women sportscasters. You don't bat an eye now when you see a woman doing sports. And now you don't bat an eye when you see a woman of color on the tennis court. And it's not just African Americans, of all color. The WTA has inspired and empowered people around the globe as a former player, board member, and fan of women's tennis. I'm excited to see how the WTA will continue to expand its global footprint. For Tennis Channel, I'm Leslie Allen. Thanks so much, Leslie. Uh, pretty cool. If you look at the top ten right now, eight different countries are represented. So you go from Poland and Tunisia to Kazakhstan, Greece. Of course, you get the U.S. in there as well. But what's your reaction to that piece? I think that's been one of the most beautiful parts of the WTA over the last 50 years. It's the reach that has expanded. And I remember, you know, coming up as a little girl and, you know, being able to start seeing women playing in a professional sport and I only could grasp maybe just the edges of it uh, but coming up through the sport and as a player it's just been phenomenal the growth and I think it's critical you know for young girls young people to be able to see themselves in different aspects of the women's tour uh, and I think that will just continue to grow so it's fun to watch a piece like this and kind of look back on all of it as well like that's the piece hey, it was either Billy Jean or a lot of cloth said see see it to be be it, but also, it's not just that the players come from everywhere, it's the tour goes everywhere. And we've got events in, in six continents. That happens, and it's not surprising you have players from six continents. And we think about, you know, a, a Tunisian beats a Colombian. We don't even think twice about it anymore. It's so ingrained into the sport that the field comes from everywhere. And you forget how global it is. I mean, for me, it's just an amazing evolution as a little kid to watch how things have grown, both in men's and women's game. But when you look back at all the stuff that Billie Jean in particular, ha she has done to kind of lay the groundwork and lay the growth and the seeds, so to speak, across the globe to make this something that all these young girls want to pursue, it's incredible. And you look at where it's gone, how it's grown, and uh, when you keep those things in mind, you, you can't thank the people enough like Billie Jean King and all those good folks that did so much great work to have the product that's out there today. Yeah, that's Absolutely. phenomenal. And, and, you know, I also, you know, the point, it's also, you know, the friendships that you form, players from all of these different countries, from all parts of the world, people that you might not have ever gotten a chance mm. to speak to. And yet as part of the women's tour, as a professional athlete traveling the globe, you get to expand yourself in those ways too. So it's just so many positives and it's going to continue. Let's yeah. keep it going. Speaking of continue, John, where, where do you think it can go next? Where, how, more, how much more can it grow? It's a great question. I mean, I think Africa is a continent. Uh, Antibur is just sort of tip of the spear. I mean, Africa is a continent that I think uh, tennis and a lot of sports we see in the NBA are, are really trying to capitalize on. But, I, I mean, it's what, what does it take? It takes a piece of asphalt that's level. It takes a net and a couple rackets. And you can do that in a lot of places on the planet. Yeah, look, I, I think it, it, the expansion part is always 
been very quizzical to me, right, because it's been an elitist sport, as we all know, for so long. But when you break it down like you just did, John, and you see so many people philanthropically that are trying to do so much to grow the game, and we have these wonderful federations around the world, and we have a lot of possibility for growth, mm -hmm. we have to figure out how to put it together to make sure that uh, those seeds are watered, so to speak. But, you know, Africa is a great place to start. I think it would be awesome to see some of the growth uh, that's possible down there as well. Pretty awesome. Uh, chapter 8, and we will have chapter 9, 10, 11, and 12 as we continue to celebrate 50 years of the WTA. And that global reach, it is being tested currently. John has details on where the WTA finals could be held later this year. You don't want to miss that when we come back on TC Live. Welcome back. Last year, the WTA finals were held at Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth, Texas. Everybody got cowboy boots, hats. Caroline Garcia rode off with the biggest title of her career. She beat Arena Sabalenka in the final for her fourth title of the season. But her prize money wasn't even half of what Ash Barty got when she won the WTA finals three years earlier. Take a look at this. At the time, that $4.42 million was the single largest prize in tennis history. Past couple years, Muguruza, Garcia have not come close to matching that as the WTA left China. Now, where are they going this year for the WTA finals? It still has not been announced. And we're about two months away from the WTA final. Last year, we didn't find out about Fort Worth, Texas until six weeks before. John, you've been all over this story for Sports Illustrated. What is the very latest on where the WTA will hold its year-end championships? As we speak, there are WTA board meetings going on in New York, and it could be as soon as today that this gets voted on. I'm told that, that Saudi Arabia is not the only bid, but it is the leader in the clubhouse um, here we, we see the the WTA I've been told already has a crisis management firm on hand to dispense talking points uh, obviously that the Saudi bid will be controversial especially as you say Steve coming off of China where remember the WTA left China on these on sort of ethical principle grounds these values don't align with ours it's potentially uh, problematic at least in the eyes of some to then end up in another authoritarian country with some human rights issues, but it does seem, I'm, I'm being told, it looks like Saudi Arabia is as good as done. It, what does it tell you, Chanda, if you have already hired a crisis management team before you've made a decision? Uh, it tells me you know this is going to be a bit of a tough sell and you want to do a bit of damage control ahead of time. You want to manage any of the negativity. And, and this is a tough one when you consider the WTA. It is uh, the organization for a premier sport for women. And its platform is based on equality and women's empowerment. And how do you justify going to a country where for so long that has not been the case for women? And things are changing. They're going in a positive direction. There are more rights um, that women are getting. Uh, and, you know, that's a positive. But is it enough uh, to justify holding such a big event, a crown jewel, really, um, in women's tennis in that in that country uh, that's the question for me and there's a lot of things that I think have to be discussed players have to understand the ramifications and, and all of the different factors and there's not a lot of time you know to get a handle mm -hmm. on it I mean that is 
you mentioned two months away. It is crazy when you think about how quickly that can come and go. And it's just tough to kind of fathom where things will be and, and how all of this will shape out within that time frame. And the players are going to be the ones on the front lines answering the questions about going there if they do do that. And a couple legends of the tour, our own Martina Navratilova, has spoken out against it. It's hard to believe I'm getting crap for saying I would not go play in Saudi Arabia. Chris Everett tweeted, take less money, do the right thing. What do you think, Paul? You look, I think that's one of the biggest um, issues involved is that these players are going to be the folks on the front line that are going to have to deal with whatever the decision is. And, and most of the players... Um, have such little information about it. Look, I, I, it's a long time ago, but I was on the player council. I was on the player board of directors of the ATP. I understand the mechanics of how all that works, but the players are in front of the microphone all the time. So they're going to be answering a lot of hard questions that is going to be very difficult for them to answer. I think we only have such a small amount of information. The prize money, from what I understand, regardless of where the other options are, isn't going to be that much difference. We saw the big discrepancy from a few years back. I don't think it's going to be that big of a hit for the players. But what we don't know is all the other payments that go out to the organizations, to consultants, to all the other people that are getting um, some uh, remuneration for their skills, for what they do, and also what it costs to run the tour. So it's more than just a prize money issue. It's more than just a player issue. The players have the microphone but there's so much involved. You talk about women's rights and also human rights is an issue there, too. I mean, there's in general, there's a lot of things that have to be addressed. We saw what happened with the PGA Tour when they went through it. It is a really complex equation, and the powers that be have an unbelievable amount of pressure to make a good decision. The biggest thing for me is how the heck do you do it, the clock ticking this fast? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the time is running out on making a decision. What are the other options that the WTA has? What other cities are putting in bids, John? Yeah, there, there are other cities that have made bids. I'm told there's a bid from Mexico. There's a bid from Washington, D.C., which is less money up front, but is more of a share the risk, short share the reward. And there is a bid from Prague. Very intriguing. There are a lot of top players from the Czech Republic. It's a lot closer to the home bases of many of the eligible players. The one sticking point is that the Czech Republic, it's unclear whether they will allow athletes from Belarus and Russia. This is obviously in response to the Ukraine invasion, but can the WTA go to a country that doesn't necessarily allow everyone in the country? The flip side is Saudi Arabia, well documented what the human rights issues are. Homosexuality is, is criminalized there. We had, uh, you know, Daria Kazakina said she wished she played for the, the flag of the rainbow flag. So it's really a tight set. And I also think two months out, that does a lot to undercut your negotiating leverage. I mean, I think the, the host cities know that there's an element of desperation. But also, as you say, Chanda, who's going to go there and make sure that all the attire is going to be acceptable? Right? We had WWE was in Saudi Arabia and female wrestlers had to change their outfits. Who's going to make sure that players who are gay will be protected? With a few weeks away from the actual date, that's all going to be really a sticking point. Yeah, and you think about, you know, all of the different places that the WTA goes. And it's hard to get involved with the politics everywhere. I mean, there's no place that's perfect. But when you think about, you know, this situation in particular and you know some of the sticking points, which are major obstacles, 
uh, but it's also about the money as well. It's also about, you know, prize money. It's also about the running of the tour. And you mentioned this, Paul. There's a lot that goes into running the tour over the course of the year. And the WTA Finals provides that money. I mean, for years when I was playing, the tour didn't have a big sponsor and they didn't make enough money um, from the from that event. And so it had to come out of players' prize money. That's not what players want to see now. They have that decision on the table uh, from that perspective. Uh, so it, there's a lot of different factors to consider. And again, you mentioned the clock is ticking. There is not a lot of time to do it and get a tournament organized on top of it. Uh, this week, next week, a decision will be made? I'm told this week. This so week. We'll okay. Yeah. We'll find out and uh, we will talk about whatever they decide for the WTA finals later this year. As you can see, the rain is coming down, but uh, guess what? We've got a couple of couple of chapeaus exactly. there in Queens. So the, the play will continue nonetheless when we come back. More highlights from day two. And if you want to watch Americans in action today, we'll tell you which court to focus on. Back in rainy New York City, the Tennis Shop, powered by Tennis Point, is the new online store featuring the latest apparel and equipment. Scan the QR code on your screen or visit TennisShop.com today to search a wide selection of brands. Get the very same gear as your favorite pros. Maybe get the same umbrella as your favorite pros are coming on site with today because they need them. It is wet and wild in Queens. There is your Wimbledon champion, Marquetta. Von Jarosova coming in. She's got some doubles today if they get it on. Second round singles tomorrow for her. Highlights from yesterday, your Aussie Open champ, Marina Sabalenka, can once again overtake Igish Fiancek for world number one, depending on her result here, Tandem. And she got off to a good start. A little tricky at the beginning, though. Zinevska finding the angle there. Really pushing Sabalenka to play better, to raise her level, and Sabalenka was able to do it. Overcame some double faults, got that first set tucked away. Zinevska, though, turned the tables beginning of the second, got up to love, but Sabalenka is never easy to put away the movement, good anticipation, and we know how big she can hit the ball from the ground, using the forehand as the big weapon and closing off the court, playing inside the baseline as often as possible. Those are good signs for Sabalenka. And after getting down the beginning of the second set, she would not lose another game, able to get through in straight sets fairly routinely. And happy trails to Marina Zanevska, who is retiring after the U.S. Open. Aljabur uh, said, I have the flu. It wasn't going to be easy. She said she considered retiring John, to be honest, in this match, but she kept fighting against Camilla Osorio. Yeah, there was even said, look at she had an asthma attack. It was not. It was the flu. She was not feeling well. Uh, remember, this is a player who won six matches here last year, did Jabir, and she really had to battle yesterday. She was up 5-3, then the second set went to a tie break, and you wonder, if this gone three sets, how ailing on Jabir would have done? Well, you know what? It didn't have to go that far because she played a very nice tiebreak when she had to. I'm feeling a lot of affection between these two players. And I think Osorio knew that Ons wasn't at 100%. Did a very nice embrace at the net. Uh, a good win for Ons because she was not feeling it. So battling through, now she's got two days to recover. Linda Naskova is up next for Ons Jabeur. Meantime, 2016 champ Paul Stan Vavreka still the Swiss number one, taking on the Japanese number one, Yoshi Nishioka. Yeah, first set was a war. Always love watching Stan Vavrinka dig in and get that battle face going. He played a terrific tiebreak to win 7-6, and then the second set got a relatively early break and used the power groundies to push 
Nishioka around. He is an awkward matchup. Nishioka, high, heavy, rolling, lefty forehand, really good mover. But Bobrinka showed us just a few glimpses of the great Stan Bobrinka, that power one-hander, also grit, composure, and really just did a nice job. This is a solid straight set victory against a really tough competitor. 12 aces, 38 winners, just 27 unforced errors. Stan, the man, continues on. When we come back, we feature this California teen in our Americans in Action segment. Plus, a look at Caroline Wozniacki's second-round match against a fellow major champion in Petra Kvitova. And a warm and fuzzy visit with none other than Big Foe. Yes, indeed, you don't want to miss that. Paul John Chan and Steve back on TC Live. Speaking of TC Live, a couple of uh, folks that are regular members of the family here at it's Tennis Channel. Timing, Steve. It's, 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 gotta, it's gotta be the baby. Of course it is. Chan, do you know that as a mom? Right? Say, they, say the control room. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's Mark Huska. They're like, hey, we're comparing schedules. We would both like to be on TC Live together. What a great duo that would be. Uh, Court 17 is your home for. Tennis Channel alums and Americans, because you got Jenny Brady there as well. Taylor Townsend taking on Beatrice Haddad Maya. Big Banks against Benjamin Bonzi. Tommy Paul, we need to get him on Tennis Channel. He's in action as well. And then Jen Brady against Magda Lynette. But will they play on Court 17 today? That, that's the question. <laughs> it's a great court if they <laughs> actually get matches. Yeah. Right? yeah, the rain is right now creating havoc. It's going to be a, a big day in the players' lounge. Yeah, we got some roofs, though. It's supposed to rain all got day. got some roofs. So yeah. We're, we're, you know. We'll be all right. No, we'll be fine. Just but a late not, start. Not late them. Start, that's all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're, we're looking at us and being able to at least watch some tennis. Oh, yeah. We'll, right. we'll be able we'll to watch some tennis. tennis. Right, let's get you caught up on some American highlights from yesterday from the finalist Madison Keys. Looking to get back to that final round. Good start against Aronska Roos, Chanda. She did look excellent. Keys did some shots out of the corner. Sometimes we forget how well Keys moves. We know how big she can hit the ball how big she can serve the weapons in her arsenal. But she was on point, crisp up at the net, cutting that ball off, got the first set pretty handily against a player who can compete in Roos. But Keys had a little more margin, giving herself some space along with the power call. It was good stuff and a perfect way to open up her U.S. Open campaign, a former finalist who's looking to do some damage again this year. <laughs> You're laughing. You're laughing at the power. It's so funny to watch how big Madison hits the ball. And now she's big. hitting with margin. Yeah. Big yeah. with margin, it's kind of scary. That's a good, good, good equation for her. Now, speaking of hitting big, Alicia Parks does that as well. Got off to a great start in this match, Chanda, against Daria Kazakina. Uh, she did. And Parks, you know, she is such a talent easy power, the athleticism. She's got a big doubles title now under her belt. Cincinnati with Taylor Townsend. So she was playing with some confidence and it was all going her way in the first set, like target practice against Kasatkina. But Kasatkina is such a tricky player. When she starts weaving her points, she started moving the ball a little more. Kasatkina hitting with some height, changing the spins at times, got that second set. And the third set, down the stretch, it was Kasatkina who just had a little Whoa. something extra. That was one of the best shots of the match. It's almost like behind Say her. Hello to my and little she friend. just 
she flicked it and that was a huge moment and Kasekina able to use that momentum to run away with the third set. Dasha gets another American in the next round, Sophia Kennan. And how about one of the new rising stars on tour, Alex Mickelson. Go, Alex. Going for his first major win against Albert Ramos Vinolas, John. Nice summer for Alex Mickelson. Got to the finals of Newport. Georgia tennis's loss is uh, pro tennis's gain because Alex Mickelson is is here to stay. This is a 35-year-old veteran he's playing, and youth prevailed. A lot to like it. 6-4, but only at six aces, so it's not as though this guy is just serving rockets. He's moving well, plays well off the ground. A composed match breaks in each set, and uh, boy, player to watch. We talked about Learner Team. They played in the Orange County of the CIF Finals three years ago. Now they're both in the main draw. Nice win. Not a very happy uh, Spanish veteran opponent, but I like Mickelson. Cracking the top 100 if he wins his next match. Yeah, that's good stuff. By the way, Manny Diaz in Georgia. We keep talking about Georgia. It's a good pub for it, yeah, even exactly. though Alex isn't going there. Uh, Michael Moe, he got the upset of the day, Paul, facing Corinne Hatchinoff. Yeah, nice effort from Michael Moe. Hatchinoff's been battling injury for a long time now. I spoke with uh, Bedron Martich's coach at length in Cincinnati. He's feeling better, but uh, obviously not good enough. Michael Moe did a really nice job from the back of the court. Such a good athlete is Moe. Look at him coming forward here. That's a beautiful low forehand volley and those are the shots and strategies that are going to help Michael get to the next level we know how good of a mover he is we know how good of a counterpuncher he is but when he plays proactive tennis like that brings his game to a different level and this is a real solid win 6-2-6-4-6-2 and a heck of an effort huge for Michael he's 25 years old we've been talking about Michael Moe for a while but this is his best season yet qualified for Australia beat Sasha Zverev there made the third run qualified for Wimbledon. Here he is now in the 80s in the world. What's been the difference this year for Michael Moe? You know, I think belief is mm. huge. And when you start getting those wins, when you start seeing that you can play against the better players, the top players, it builds on itself. And Michael Moe, he's been playing alongside some of these guys coming up through juniors, the Taylor Fritzes of the world, even, you know, Sasha Zverev mm -hmm. playing through juniors and not quite getting to that level. Now he's seeing that he can come pretty close. And he's such a terrific athlete, a terrific mover around the court. He gets those extra balls back. He's playing smarter tennis as well. He's transitioning into the net when he has opportunities. There is a lot to like about Moe's game, uh, and it's been fun to watch him elevate this season. That was his 12th match win of the year. Five of those have come against players that have spent time in the top 10. So some real quality wins. Hotchoff was a semifinalist last year. Very nice player. Has gone deep into majors at, at all four of the majors. I just, I don't know what his health status was and therefore I don't know how much we read into that win by Michael Moe, but still, it's not, never fun to play an injured opponent and Hotchoff is, you know, this is a top 10 veteran regardless, but uh, I don't know how much we take away from that win yesterday. Yeah, I wouldn't take a ton away other than he still has to problem solve, right? And he still has to find a way to get through, and a lot of it's getting through your nerves, and so much of the nerves is what Chanda's talking about, his ability to believe in what he can do at the next level, and now we've seen that with five out of the uh, 12 uh, wins being top 10 players. Is that what mm -hmm. you said? That's, that's really impressive he stuff. In there. And I think the biggest thing is him starting to evolve. We saw some of those points where he's coming forward. We saw him not being as passive and reactive because he's such a great mover and such a great counterpuncher, but that's only going to get him so far. When he starts doing what he did in this match, he's going to get to a new level. It was Chris Eubanks. It took a little longer for him to, to make the breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Moe's only 25 years old. 
And, and the, his peers love him. Uh, ben Shelton, Taylor Townsend, they were all shouting him out on Instagram yesterday Francis, after the win. Yeah. He's come up with these players. Yeah. He's yeah. been right alongside to see them take off and elevate. You know, you kind of wonder, when am I going to? have some success, and he's finally having it. Having it right now. Yeah. Keep going, Michael. Keep, keep doing your thing. we got John Wertheim's Stat of the Day coming up later on the show, plus People Magazine's Stars in the Stands. Who was who was there in Arthur Ashe Stadium? We will break down all the big matches today on TC Live, and Chan has got our hot shot of the day. Is it that little one from Daria Kazakina? Who came up with the goods? All right, the umbrellas are out in Queens. How nice is that, Chanda, to have somebody hold your umbrella? Madison Keys just walking in, doesn't have to worry about a thing. I love it. When you are a U.S. Open finalist, Steve, that's the kind of treatment you should have. From the caddy all the way to the lounge. Gotta love that. All right, time for our hot shot of the day. This one's coming from Andy Murray and Quarantine Moutet. This was a very entertaining match, Moutet. He can come up with the goods, come up with some shots, but this was Andy Murray's point all the way. The little slice, drop shot, angle, some kind of juju he put on it, Steve. <laughs> he, he put, he, you know, he, he put a little, some, some little line yap. He put something extra. He put a little line yap on that the shot. Line yap. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Go from Louisiana. That's right. We pull it. We pull it deep. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that because I don't know. I, I kind of thought that Dasha Kazakina had had a better hot shot of the day. That but once you once you little... went with that extra zhuzh, that, that line up, that now I'm like, all right, maybe it's Andy Murray. It's, the line up is always at the top. That's what we that all want. Is that going we in everything? Want, or? We always want a little line up. Okay. Got to have it. We so, need to have. And some... think about it. Andy Murray's all about the line up. He's got a, a metal hip. He's coming back from a lot of things. So I think he deserved that hot shot. As okay. Well. 200th Grand Slam win. That's a big deal. A major deal. For and, Andy Murray. And to get through as cleanly as he got through that match was impressive. And for once, I think he saw somebody else on the other side of the court getting more angry and irritated mm -hmm. than he usually gets. So I think he liked <laughs> that as well. Well, Francis Tiafa, he is known to hit a hot shot or two in his time. But right now, it is time for Warm and Fuzzy Foe with Michael Costa. What comes to mind when, when you see this? What's this? <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's, that's me with a bunch of cold steak that I'm about to grill. Um, yes, I'm, I'm in my happy moment there. I love steak. How old were you when this was taken? About seven. Okay. And Eight. if you could talk to this Francis right now, what would you tell him? Uh, he's doing really well, and uh, life ahead was just as he imagined. Get him a steak. Francis Diafo can still be seen at the U.S. Open. He'll be on Arthur Ashe Stadium. I think every time he plays, he'll be on Arthur Ashe Stadium. And, of course, we'll have more warm and fuzzy segments with Michael Costa. You can see those on TennisChannel.com. We'll get you ready for day three with all the big highlights and match previews. Stay close here. TC Live, back after this. Engine engine number nine on the New York Transit line. Jesse Pagula looking to pick up her ninth win over Camilla Georgie John and get her U.S. Open quest on the right track. Yeah, we thought this one might be close. It was not close. Uh, Jesse Pagula played like the third seed that she is. You'll see it from the highlights. Also, look at the stacking. 90% of her first serve points won. More than half of her return points won. A lot of errors for Georgie, as is the case. A lot of steady tennis for Jesse. Look at the touch here. 
Uh, that's a nice knockoff volley, but uh, she did not necessarily have to be at her best yesterday the way Georgie was spraying balls, but Jesse was at her best. She has to be really pleased about that. Barely an hour's worth of work, very straightforward, 6-2, 6-2. On she goes. Joining Venus and Serena Williams is the third American woman since 2010 with at least 59 hardcourt wins over two seasons. And speaking of Venus, Queen V headlining the night session inside Arthur Ashe Stadium facing qualifier Brie Minnan. She had a 24th appearance for V at the U.S. Open. Yeah, and Venus won her first 21 first-round matches. Uh, this one, she would go down again. Menon played some excellent tennis. She was moving the ball, doing just what she needed to do against Venus, who didn't quite have the movement. The drop shot was working, couldn't get out onto the edges of the court and recover quickly enough. And in the end, it was, you know, a player who's in a rhythm, qualifier coming through, able to get the biggest win of her career. At 14 more winners in the match, saved all six great points. Let's go inside the press room with Venus Williams. For me, I haven't played a lot of matches this year. So um, I, I did like, I've you know, the times that I could play, I gave it my all. You know, I got a handful of matches and it wasn't the year I was expecting, but I gave it everything I had. What would be the decisive factor in, in when you choose what you do next? And what would it well, I wouldn't tell you, so <laughs> I don't know why you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> we love an honest me. He said it with a smile. It kind of blunted the pain of it. <laughs> not, not telling you, so not sure why you're asking. The answer is anyway. Right. Because yeah. you don't, oh, no, you don't really probably, know. Yeah. Exactly. Does she, did she right? know at that moment? Right. I don't, yeah. I don't know. We, I mean, this this was not a great performance by Venus objectively last night. She beat a top 15 player two weeks ago. So, you know, she doesn't know. This is what happens. Consistency is the first thing to go as you, uh, as you age. Um, well, and movement too, John. Yeah. And that yeah. was, for me, yeah, the big right. difference. Even the win against Kuder Matova, um, where you could see Venus, you know, able to move, able to, to get out of the corners and, and kind of recover, uh, reset. She couldn't do that last night against Menon, uh, who played just the perfect type of match that she needed to play. So things kind of coming together, unfortunately, for Venus in that moment, and she just couldn't make much of a stand. But that would be the question for me physically. Was she as close to 100%? Was that an issue? Uh, she did pull out of Cleveland the week before because of uh, for physical issues. So I was, I was concerned about that aspect of it. It was disappointing. Yeah, we see the up and down at the end of the career in terms of the ability to stay at a real high level, physically in particular. And, and you talk about last week not being able to play. So cle clearly there wasn't something going just right for Venus. But, John, you said it just a couple of weeks ago. She played some pretty darn good tennis. So it's not like the level is never there. It just goes up and down a little bit now. If you didn't see the outfit that she came onto site with last night, go online and check it out. I mean... You won't see anything better the entire you tournament. Just, that's exactly what I wore into work today. <laughs> one thing it made you change. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving I on. Like this better. <laughs> I like this look better on you. Carlos Perez kicked up inside the defense. This was a tough one, you guys, last night. This is what happened after Venus is Carlos went on that first First game, six points in. Watch the ankle right there, the Ooh. left ankle. That is a tough one for Kepfer. 
goes over on it, and it looked pretty benign when you watched the point, but then you saw it in slow motion, and you could see he just struggled, just couldn't get going, couldn't push off, talking to his box, talking to Coach Ryan Williams up in the box there. What do I do? How do I play a guy this good, and I can't move? And movement's one of his biggest assets. And for Alcaraz, it was just a little bit of a hit, hit around the corner, right? Just kind of got a little... Hit in, hit a few balls here and there, 6-2, first set, 3-1 the second. Really not much Cupper could do, and he really decided at this point, you know what, guys, I just can't, I just can't do it. Really a heartbreaker for him. Did you hear that bzzz yeah, the guys, entire match? You guys, I just want you to know. <laughs> you guys, I want you to know that, look at the comparison. Does he have to pay any rights fees to, for any of the TV stuff? Because it's the... Is that control control room. Is that... Yeah. Huska, do we get any fees from that? I mean, look at the contrast in the shirt. And the, yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. We Color bars. Okay. That's, that's awesome. TV went off. Well it's done, over. Huska. Match is over. And... Yeah. His and, shirt showed it. And he, and he was done. Uh, this is another one of those matches, you know, that d- didn't last too long, Chanda. Daniil Medvedev setting up his own was bakery inside Arthur Ashe Stadium. Was Bellas hurt? You know, that, we, yeah. kind of, we tend to think that. Uh, he just couldn't quite move shots like that one where he couldn't get to. It was one of 40-plus winners from Medvedev over the course of the match. Just over an hour of tennis. And he just had his pick of places to go to all match long. And in the end, Yikes. pretty routine for Medvedev. He's a great hardcore player, but this match kind of looked like his opponent was a little hampered. Can I steal a line from you? Two breadsticks and a bagel? Yeah. That's a lot of right. carbs. That's he, he was carving <laughs> up. He, yeah, he's, he's ready to go. That's what we're having tonight at your house, right, Paul? <laughs> all, all the carbs, all the noodles. Elizabeth's going to cook a great meal. Uh, New York loving Andy Murray, 2012 champ, in action against Quarantine Moutet. And he was on the ropes in the second set. Moutet served for this second set. Look at the little magic. First there were smiles from Moutet. Then there was anger and a, a lot of... Uh, Jawing with the box and boom goes the racket. And Andy says, not yet, gang. I am still here. I am fighting. So fun to see Andy Murray when he gets locked in and does the nice thing with the balance, which uh, Mute does not have. This was a little bit scary, but then I looked in slow motion, guys, and the ankle didn't really go over. I was more worried about his arm when he hit the elbow down on the floor, but he got up. And uh, it wasn't too long later that Andy took him down for the count and morning straight sets. Murray did a good job. It's fun to watch him with that balance of offense and defense when he plays it just right, and that's what he did. 200th major victory for Andy Murray. Well, we come back with his wife and kids on court and a big farewell ceremony. See why John Isner is not ready to end his final dance. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back on TC Live, a reminder to download the U.S. Open app to follow your favorite players, track the latest scores, stats, match highlights, player news, and much more. It is available in the App Store and Google Play Store. 
back to the highlights. A little rain there in Queens, by the way. Time for the Gems Life highlights. We start with Sky's mom, former U.S. Open semifinalist, Alina Svitolina, needing less than an hour to finish her work on court, Chanda. Things were a bit tight at this point, but it was Svitolina up a break. And she started playing much more aggressively, coming in, hitting out on her shots from the ground. I mean, this is a step up in the Spitalina we saw before she became a mom, and it was working. It was paying off for her. Stepping in on that backhand, that is the money shot for Spitalina, such a solid part of her game. And when she's firing on all cylinders this way, combined with the movement and her ability to compete, it made for a fairly routine day at the office getting done in straight sets. Now back in the top 25 of the live rankings just four months after coming off maternity leave. Meanwhile, Sky's Papa also working on Tuesday, also on court 17. Galmo John needing a little more time on court against Tara Daniel. Yeah, look at Sky, Sky's nanny didn't have to go far. Uh, uh, with the first section, here come the his. Dropped the first set, did Monfils, who, like his wife, was a former semifinalist at this event, and then really turned it on. I think he's got to be thrilled by the scoreline, by the stat line. He had 23 aces, 68 winners. But I think he also has to be happy with the rhythms of this match. He just got better and better. And for the second oldest player in the draw, he did great physically. We had some showboat shots. We had some fun rallies. A uh, very, very solid win over a, a tough competitor in Taro Daniel. And for Guyana Feast, I don't know if he has seven matches in him, but he's got a few more. Very solid outing yesterday, guys. Successful day for mom and dad. Gems life shining. Monfils gets Andre Rublev in the next round. How about John Isner? He had all his kids around for his match against Facundo Diaz Acosta. But there is no retirement yet for the big man, Paul. Yeah, you see the big side just going on to the court, trying to probably catch his breath and remain focused. He doesn't want it to end just yet. And that's a, a good way to start off the match. Really did what he always does. Takes care of his service games. Gets the first set. Yes, guys. Gets up a set and 3-0 without a tiebreak. Wow, that doesn't tiebreak. happen often. But he was playing some good power tennis with John Isner using the big forehand. And he gave the fans what they wanted in the third set, gang. He said, you know what? I got to throw in one tiebreak for this match. How about the two-handed pass? He was hitting the ball incredibly cleanly. Looked very loose and relaxed, which is tough to do when uh, all this is on the line to finish it. Didn't face a break point, but almost broke down after the match with James Blake. This sport, as I said, without tennis, um, I wouldn't have met my wife. And, um, I wouldn't have the, uh, I wouldn't have the amazing family that I have, four beautiful kids. Uh, the support I've had for the last 17 years on tour has been amazing, and it's not goodbye yet. So I'm still alive, and you know, I, uh, and you know, I'm uh, I'm actually feeling pretty good. So I want to try to keep this thing going as long as I possibly can, and I'm going to need you guys behind me every step of the way. Please, thank you. Right, the ceremony's out of the way, so now he can just, you know, go back to work, right? He's got Michael Moe next. He's still playing doubles with Jack Sock as well. well. What's it like knowing that every match could potentially be your last one? 
You know, I'm not sure. I mean, I didn't actually play in that kind of situation. My last match at the U.S. Open, I didn't know when I was playing it that it was going to be my last. So I think there's a certain uh, beauty in that, the fact that he's able to decide and go out on his own terms. But at the same time, you've got all this emotion that you come into every single match with, and certainly the first one where you want to get over the hurdle, you want to at least get your first match under your belt. Uh, Isner was able to do that. So I would imagine he can relax a little bit more, play the kind of tennis we've seen him play throughout his career, which is big man's tennis, big serving, attacking tennis. That's the type of tennis he'll need to play against Mo. But it's a great opportunity for him to keep progressing in the draw. Yeah, well, we talked about this a little bit with me. You know, a team sport, it's easy, right? It's my last year. Here's my last game. Here it is on the schedule with tennis. Individual sports, who knows? So on the one hand, you, you saw it in the background. Sam Query and the Bryans were there, and it was going to be a ceremony. On the other hand, he's thinking, wait a second. I'm up two sets to love. I'm serving pretty well. Why are we having this ceremony? I'm, I'm going to keep going here. So I think it just it just goes to this point. It's really hard to make these decisions for athletes, and I think we need to give them a lot of grace, both in terms of making that decision and playing through it. Yeah, you have to give them a, a little bit of latitude in terms of figuring out how and when they're going to do it. And for a guy like John Isner, look, he's one of these players that he has such a huge weapon that no one wants to play him ever, and, yeah. and it's not going to be easy. So now he has a terrific opportunity. Like you guys said, he's gotten past that first match where everyone was there. Is this going to be it? No, it's not it. Now he gets to loosen up and play Michael Moe, who's a great defender, really good mover and counterpuncher, but it's a good matchup for John, so it should be a fun one. Yeah, looking forward to that. And 11 more aces to that record-extending total for John Isner in the match. And he'll, he'll add more against Michael Moe as well, for sure. Well, from the veterans to the youngsters, smells like teen spirit in New York City. Let's preview some matches going on today. we got Coco Goff taking on Mira Andreeva. This is a rematch from Roland Garros. That one went three sets, Chanda. And, and young Mira says, I, I want some revenge. How do you see this one going? You know, I think you know, it should be another good match. I think Coco... She used her maturity in, in that match at Roland Garros. Andreeva came out firing, using her full game. Goff able to reset and really settle into the match. I think this match now will be a little easier because they played um, at Roland Garros and there was so much buildup around it. I think the hard courts also favor Goff a little bit more. The slower clay gave Andreva some more opportunities to get into points and into rallies. She doesn't have a big weapon, and Goff does. Goff can take the racket out of uh, opponent's hand with her serve. She's hitting bigger from the ground. So I think that's going to be the way to go for her. But Andreva, if she can get Goff missing a little bit, if she can get her just a little unsettled, she's got a good shot in this match as well. So I'm looking forward to it. But I've liked how Goff has looked overall mentally. Coco's looked amazing. Also, remember at Roland Garros, Mira was like, I, I want to play on the big courts. Now she gets Arthur Ashe Stadium yeah. against the biggest court, the biggest court in, the, in the world. That should be a good one to watch. Another rematch from the clay court season. Dominic Team beat Ben Shelton in Estoril. What do you think happens on the hard courts? What do you think about that one? Uh, you know, a little lefty-righty, former champion. What do you think? I, I, look, I'm, I'm leaning towards Ben on the hard courts, guys. I mean, Ben's got a great opportunity for revenge here, right? He can use the lefty serve, try to swing team off the court. Remember, it's so great to see team win his first-round match, right? But he hasn't won a lot of three-out-of-five set matches. This is a different mm -hmm. Dominic team right now. He's always dangerous. But to me, this is on Ben Shelton's racket. If he plays well, he wins this match. Trying to get some more bragging rights on his dad, Brian, as well, who <laughs> never made it past the second round in New York. Ben has the opportunity to do that at the U.S. Open. And then uh, Daria Saville, she's taken on Iga Sviantek, John. She said before the match, my goal is not to get double bageled. 
So set the expectation. Set the bar yeah. low, right? Exactly. That's what she said. Under, <laughs> under promise, over deliver. I like um, it. Interesting mentality before you go and face the defending champion, the, the Moscow-born Aussie. Uh, I just don't. She just doesn't have any weapons to hurt Iga with. Um, Iga can be vulnerable to certain kinds of, of players. She sure looked good in her first match, but um, yeah, it's hard to see. I, I think uh, give her give her some games. Daria Savile will not get double favored. <laughs> I said it here. That's how it um, Way to go out on a limb. That's I, awesome. I don't know if she's pushing the defending champion much, though. I just don't see how. She, she's had some upsets. She's had 13 top 10 wins. A lot of injury issues yeah. for Dasha, right? I mean, 62 matches over the last five years. This will be the 63rd match this year for Iga Sviantek. But looking forward to it. Well, we've got upset predictions later in the show. And this is what we have for you. Coming up every day, TC Live, the four of us, 9 a.m. Eastern, leading up to coverage on ESPN at noon Eastern, the night session at 7 Eastern, and more of the big show coming up after a quick break. Welcome back. Here comes Alexander Zverev. He doesn't even need an umbrella. No need for the brawly for the German. Takes on Daniel Altmaier. On Thursday in the second round, so just practice, maybe getting in some practice, some physio work as well before every day at the U.S. Open. Steve Tigner giving you his three to see a trifecta of top matches. These are the ones today, three blockbusters. Uh, Steve only picked one of the Americans to win. Find out who. Check it out on tennis.com. Ben or Coco? Our own Tracy Austin, the Hall of Famer, going to be our guest on TC Live tomorrow, two-time U.S. Open champ. Always good to see Tracy. It sure is. Look at young Tracy. By the way, Mira Andreeva, the only player who has a chance to break that record, is the youngest to ever win U.S. Open. So maybe Tracy rooting for Coco. Who knows? Uh, Venus Williams, this Paul, this is what you said you wore when you arrived I was, to the studio today. I was talking about the top part of it. What was this? Is Coco. Oh, now, now we've moved on. Yeah, we're going. We're going to Coco <laughs> Bandway. Also, not. Uh, uh, an easy way to say goodbye. She's had a rough go of it with the injuries. It's not going to be fun to say goodbye. I loved watching the serve and volley game. We saw some great tennis from her. But next chapter, it'll be a good one for Coco. Yeah, what a career that she has had. We get to the semifinals of the U.S. Open in 2017. Won a Billie Jean King Cup title for the U.S. And she was dominant in her matches. I think that, for me, was one of the special Coco Vandaway moments, and of course, she's a Grand Slam doubles champion as well. Top 10 in the world. Amazing yeah. career. Great athlete, Olympian, very fine career. There's only one Coco left now. <laughs> uh, all the Coco pressure's on you, Goff. Vandaway is the OG of the Cocos. And uh, like you said, Chan, I mean, that, that 2017, when it was the Fed Cup, uh, she, she absolutely ruled. And, and hey, now we're back the to tops. Venus Williams. I wore the top. I had that same tux. I think you yeah. can pull it off, though. With that flower on the lapel? Yeah. Okay. Oh, flower, big time flower. That's I'm just going to say, when you, when you look like this kind of star, why are you carrying your own exactly. rice bag? Yeah. Uh-uh, uh-uh, we get rid of that. Let somebody else carry that behind you. I think it, it, it it's a great accent to that little bag, right? So you're like, not only do I have my little bag, but I got my big bag, too. She's Got it covered. <laughs> got it covered. I like it. We, we need a Christian Dior or like somebody. You're going to have to check your bag, ma'am. Don't, don't you like this about tennis, though? The self-sufficiency and the yes. message that that sends. Even Venus Williams, dressed like that, still has to carry her own gear. 
Slay Queen. I mean, how about that? Great job. <laughs> what else we got? <laughs> what else do we have? Well, looks like the... we, we, you, can't, you can't buy that outfit at no. usopenshop.org, but you can get the official shop for the 2023 US Open merchandise, gear for the whole family. Check out a variety of one-of-a-kind US Open accessories. Visit usopenshop.org today. When we come back, People Magazine stars in the stance. Who was watching the tennis yesterday? It's getting active in the gym. The gym's going to be a busy place today with all the rain. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, shipped today. It's that time. Who was in the stands? Stars in the stands. People stars in the stands. There is. We had, we had a queen on court and we had a queen in the stands. Queen Latifah was out there, Chanda. I love seeing Queen Latifah in New York. She did some voice stuff last year, right, for yeah, Serena's yes, retirement yeah. ceremony. And, yeah, you know, she's got to be there every year. That's a requirement. Yeah. That yeah. is a requirement. How about the shirt? I know. We like the Jimi Hendrix one, yeah. too, right? Absolutely. Very cool. Like the whole outfit. Uh, and how about uh, one of the twins? Danny DeVito in the house. My question is, how do you think he got there? Did he go by Uber or by taxi? Actually, I think he took a lift. <laughs> okay, you two. You two are doing the most right now. morning. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, Good to see the stars out, though, right? Jersey Mike's spokesman, I'll have you know. Oh, Single. Right. He's on the dating market. <laughs> it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but, but not, not, in, New not, in, New <laughs> not in New York. Not in New York. For more stars in the stands, visit <laughs> people.com. We got, we got all the jokes oh, at the end of the show. Motley crew we are this morning, right. guys. A motley crew. Where's the music? It is time for Wertheim's Stat of the Day. Uh-oh. There we, there we go. go. We need the Shazam out for this. Um, <laughs> Pretty fine day yesterday for Great Britain. Look at some of these results. Male, female, veterans, younger players. Jack Draper, such a talented player. Nice to see him healthy. Dan Evans has already won a title this year. We talked about Andy Murray. How about bottom right, Yuriko Miyazaki, former Oklahoma Sooner. Uh, born in Tokyo, now plays for the U.K. Rough tournament for some countries. Not you, Canada. Uh, but, boy, uh, great day yesterday for the Brits. No Brexiting from the main draw men and women yesterday. 7 0. I like that. We got the former center. We also have the former uh, TCU Horn Frog, Cam yeah, Norton. Well, four on the top didn't lose a set, I don't think, yesterday. Didn't uh, former, former LTA employee Paul Anico. That's, That's right. the fruits of your labor right there. Yeah, good to see my buddy Dan Evans playing some good tennis. I'll tell you what, he played well in Washington. He's playing well. Good win yesterday. And uh, Cam Norrie, straight sets. But Jack Draper's tough. Jack Draper's tough. Injuries. Such a nice young guy. And, boy, he's got a big game. Hopefully he can stay nice and healthy. Featured matches on Arthur Ashe Stadium today. Some good ones. These are getting in no matter what. They got the roof there. Coco Goff, Mira Andreeva, Battle of the Teens. Novak Djokovic has never lost in the first two rounds of the U.S. Open. The only major where he's never lost before the third round. 17-0 first rounds, 15-0 in second rounds. Francis Tiafo in action. And how about that uh, last match of the night? Patrick Kvitova, Caroline Wozniacki. Uh, let's talk about some of these, starting with Big Foe. Sebastian Offner, he's uh, never beaten a top-ten guy, never taken a set off of a top-ten guy. And, and Francis came out 
really solid form against Lerner Tien in the first round. What do you expect today? Yeah, more, more of the same. Um, you know, Francis is very open. He builds his year to peak right around now. So it's peak time. I don't think Ofner's got much to hurt him with. Part of the dominant team camp is Ofner, but I, I think Francis ought to be okay. Very two, two very different opponents. Um, sort of this is what you do when you try to win majors. The road goes in strange directions. I think Francis will be fine. Yeah, I, I like this matchup uh, for Francis, obviously getting through the first rounds. I mean, those are always, for any player, the trickiest one. You just know, don't know quite where, where you might start out, um, how much you may have to build. I think with that first-round performance, he's got to be feeling pretty good using the weapons, using the serve, using his speed around the court. Uh, he's playing with a lot more authority in big moments. I think that's going to be key. And playing like a top-ten player. I mean, you want to get into a match, let the guy on the other side know this is what you got to contend with. Can you do it three out of five sets? And I think Fritz, excuse me, I think Francis is going to do a terrific job in that. You're a big fan of the outfit, too, the, the sleeves. and I'll tell you the, what, bring, kit. bringing a lot of color and a lot of variety. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought it was a little weird when you showed up in it today for work. Yeah. Well, I didn't get home with Venus Williams like yeah, yeah, You did better than I did. Let's, let's leave it at that. I was just trying to flex on yeah, everybody. Yeah, I like it. But look, Francis loves New York, and uh, he plays well there. But th this is the one I'm looking at today. Yeah. Guys, huh? I, I thought you were going to go with Sebastian Offner's middle name. But first no. we go to the Tennis Express head-to-head -head between Petra Kvitova and Caroline Wozniacki. 8-6. Overall, they played 14 times already. First match was yes. back in 2009, Chanda. Come on, Chanda, what do you got? What's yeah, this happen? goes way back in terms of the matchup. And I love these kinds of matchups because there's such familiarity, but both players are in very different places in their career. Even now, Petra Kvitova coming off of a terrific year. She's won a title in Miami, a big one, uh, won a title on grass as well. You know, so you like to favor Kvitova in some ways because of it, but Wozniacki understands how to play on these courts. She likes the conditions. She's been playing a little bit of inspired tennis. And the fact that she's been comfortable in this matchup, it's pretty close in terms of head-to-head. -head. I think that gives her a little boost of confidence as well. So, you know, this is a tricky one. I, I think Kavitova has the edge, but Wozniacki could surprise some people. I'm going three sets for this one. I, 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 think, I don't know yeah. who's going to win, but I, the fans are going to get their money's worth tonight. I think so. <laughs> Arthur I Ash think Stadium. That's a given. Might be quick, though, to start uh, with Novak Djokovic in that in that night session. What, what do you make of his match? I'll tell you what, after watching him uh, the other night and seeing how locked in he is after Cincinnati, it is going to be uh, tough to stop the Novak Djokovic train. It's tough to stop the L train in New York. It's really tough to stop the <laughs> Novak Djokovic train. And, and he, he's just buttoned up, and he's so keyed into the big events now. And I think he's playing, I think he's playing with even more freedom to me, which I think is scarier for the players because I think he's really so comfortable with what he's done and what he wants to do that it allows himself to play the big moment so well. We've seen it so many times in his career. And even now, as the window is closing, it's closing very slow for him because he's such a physical <laughs> specimen, but it is closing. He seems really relaxed and comfortable. I, I just love watching him play. I don't think this is going to be a tough match for Novak. He's looking for his 40th win of the season. 17 yeah. years. I was going to say, all, all players years. should have windows closed like, like right, right now. Right? <laughs> you know, two, two, two majors and just beat the number one player in the world uh, 10 days ago. No, I think, I think also Novak really has grown to like this tournament. I mean, I think initially, you know, he's only won it three times, but I think he likes the atmosphere. He got out there after 11 p.m. for his first round match. Not a complaint, Great, not yeah. a frown, no indication he was at all rattled. Now it'll be uh, back to normal. I, I can't imagine he's not winning in straight sets. All right. 
Before we go, prediction uh, for Mira Andreeva, Coco Golf Chanda. Yeah, I think it's Coco. I think Coco's going to have the poise. She's got the confidence. She's got the game playing even more aggressively than she was playing uh, in Paris early this year when she beat Andreeva. So I like Coco in this one. Right. Do I need to say two or three sets, or does that matter? Two sets. Uh, what do you say? Two or three sets. Okay. Coco. Two. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you put it out there. Four and two. Right? Coco yeah. Golf. Four and two. Four right. and two. Six games. I'll take that. Three and three. I was going to say a couple of sets, but, you know. All right. Coco and two. You pressed me, sir. Right. Well, I mean, you, you pushed you, me into it. You, you put it out there, and I was like, now I kind of want to know what Chanda Rubin thinks about how many sets this is. Uh, the four of us back tomorrow to get you set for day four. Enjoy the tennis today, and thanks for watching TC Live at the U.S. Open.